Forced Migration Review, Issue 55, June 2017. Shelter in Flux by Charles Perrick, Bridget Picard, and Catherine Brunn. Current humanitarian guidelines do not sufficiently cover what shelter means in volatile and protracted conflict settings, particularly outside organized camps. We proposed improved tools that will address that gap. Humanitarian guidelines and standards for how to work with shelter and displacement have been formulated but in practice are often understood in two general terms and do not always take into account fast-changing and diverse conflict contexts. There is little or no discussion about the relationship between the characteristics of a conflict and how different types of shelter provision will influence the conflict. Guidelines are also still mainly oriented towards more organized approaches to shelter rather than self-built and spontaneous settlements. Additionally, many initiatives concentrate on provision of shelter rather than the building process and the activities that take place around shelter. Specific characteristics of conflict settings and conflict-induced displacement may directly influence shelter-related projects and initiatives. In our research project on shelter in flux, we are particularly concerned with the spatial and temporal dimensions of conflicts. Even in cases where causes or patterns of displacement look similar, there will be variations between types of violence, categories, and interests of stakeholders involved or embedded in conflicts, and the risks, assets, or vulnerabilities of populations. The particularity of each case makes systematization of experiences and learning more challenging and the search for common or global guidelines complicated. A crucial element of the relationship between conflict and shelter is the contestation of space related to land ownership and access to land resources, which are often root causes of the conflict. Humanitarian interventions that require access to and use of land will thereby be embedded in the conflict, politicized, and may put humanitarian principles at risk. The planned and deliberate destruction of homes or the destruction of cities or land as an instrument of war gives shelter its political nature. This can be witnessed in attitudes of parties to conflict towards specific shelter responses in cases such as Gaza, Syria, or South Sudan. Restrictions on access to land, the right to settle, freedom of movement, or on the use of building materials or building techniques may restrict opportunities for shelter and sometimes force interventions to be limited to distribution of temporary shelters and non-food items. Approaching Shelter and Conflict Intensity and flows of displacement, trust built between humanitarian organizations and local actors, density of settlements, remaining infrastructure, and policy of host governments at local and national levels are aspects that influence shelter interventions. In our work on shelter in flux, we emphasize the inclusion of dimensions of volatility, space and time in understanding the interactions between stakeholders. Shelter in Flux works with the shelter sector's already established understanding of sheltering, a process as much as the finished product. Here, shelter is not just about finding safety, but about risk mitigation and adaptation to the changing realities on the ground. To enable the integration of sheltering into current guidelines and with the aim of enhancing opportunities for changing current practices, we need to document how shelter practices and meanings of shelter in conflict settings have evolved, adapting to actual shelter needs. 
Conflict sensitivity and the analysis of spatial dimensions of conflict are key elements, but relatively new trends. Conflict-sensitive shelter programming will enable increased recognition of the risks linked to the politics of shelter by more systematically taking into account relationships between land rights and conflict, restrictions on mobility in conflict zones or disputes over territories. To develop existing shelter practices in conflict settings, we thus suggest emphasizing three dimensions, integrated responses, resilience, and pragmatism. First, given the spatial and temporal nature of conflicts, shelter specialists and other humanitarian actors are forced to merge rights-based approaches with material needs-based approaches, and in the process to rethink the boundaries and the possible coordination between shelter and protection. In the protection of civilian sites in South Sudan, the tension between protection needs and the humanitarian imperative generated just such challenges of prioritization and coordination. End note 1. One pilot example of an integrated shelter program developed by the Norwegian Refugee Council in Jordan combines an urban shelter program and an information counseling and legal assistance program. End note 2. Integrated shelter programs are based on a holistic understanding of shelter and have been applied in post-disaster settings, but offer, as in this case, an interesting use of the notion of sheltering in conflict settings. Currently, a more systematic approach to the dynamics between gender-based violence and the shelter is being adopted by numerous organizations and the institutionalized in the Global Protection Cluster's advice on gender-based violence in shelter, settlement, and recovery. And note 3. Second, while there is some debate over the notion of resilience, the creative capacity of community or society exposed to conflict to resist, adapt, transform, and recover from the impacts of conflict in a positive and efficient manner, we suggest further development of its meaning as an integral part of sheltering to transformative resilience, which enables the linking together of short and long-term interventions, as well as bridging needs-based and rights-based approaches. Roles and interactions of and between protection, shelter provision, and recovery need to apply the lens of resilience to build on local actors' capacities and local practices, or to give displaced people the means to do so. The shift towards cash transfers or investigation into self-recovery can be read through that lens. Finally, being pragmatic is an interesting starting point for approaches to shelter in flux. Pragmatic humanitarianism is not a new approach and some consider it a move away from or in opposition to humanitarian principles. It is consequently criticized as a tendency to think about what works in a shorter term perspective than in the long term. However, pragmatism may also make a more flexible and contextually based approach to humanitarianism feasible. Pragmatism opens up the possibility of using conflict sensitivity in programming to identify what is possible within a given context to permit the flexibility that is required in volatile set settings. Additionally, a pragmatic approach enables more emphasis to be put on what relevant actors are doing, that is, how civilians and humanitarian actors define and approach shelter in their day-to-day -day lives in the context of a conflict. Conclusions 
Providing shelter in conflict requires an understanding of the temporal and spatial dimensions of a particular conflict setting. With a shelter-in-flux approach, an analysis of the situation on the ground can be used to formulate more locally grounded approaches to shelter, complementing general global guidelines. Provision of shelter takes place in conflict and sometimes with dimensions of integrated responses, elements of resilience and pragmatism, with improved tools to analyze the specific local context in its relationship to shelter provision. Humanitarians can develop better understandings of what is both realistic and possible in a given situation. Charles Perak C-P-A-R-R-A-C-K at brooks.ac.uk Senior Lecturer, C-E-N-D-E-P Bridget Picard, B-P-I-Q-U-A-R-D at brooks.ac.uk Reader, C-E-N-D-E-P Catherine Brunn, C-Brunn at brooks.ac.uk Director, C-E-N-D-E-P Joint Authors, Center for Development and Emergency Practice, CENDEP, Oxford Brookes University, http colon slash slash architecture.brooks.ac.uk slash research slash CENDEP slash. Endnotes. Endnote 1. International Organization for Migration, 2016. If we leave, we are killed. Lesson learned from South Sudan in 2013 to 2016. And note two. Nocio Partners, 2015. Final report, the Norwegian Refugee Council, Jordan. Integrated Urban Shelter and Information Counseling and Legal Assistance Program www.nrc.no slash global assets slash pdf slash evaluation slash evaluation. See also article by Neil Brighton, Christy Farmer, and Oyvind Nordil. Endnote 3. Global Protection Cluster 2015. Guidelines for Integrating Gender-Based Violence in Humanitarian Action. Reducing Risk, Promoting Resilience, and Aiding Recovery, Shelter, Settlement, and Recovery Thematic Area Guide. HTTP colon slash slash bit.ly slash gbv guidelines dash shelter. FMR is an open access publication. You are free to download, copy, distribute, or link to this article as long as it is for non-commercial purposes and the author and FMR are attributed. All articles published in FMR are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License.